showing my age when I say this, but when I was a kid, the move that you would say, would you, you would say you were going to do something, then you'd say, psych, psych, so if you thought we were going to get to Rob Dabowski's piece about what the Packers have and what they need, well, psych, it's the 10 o'clock hour of Wilde and Tausch, and it begins because we have booked our good friend Eric Name from The Athletic at 10.15, to discuss this topic. I am super confused by this story. Now, I do not know the various percentages. I thought I did, but maybe I don't. But breaking news this morning from Tim Bontetemps of the of ESPN. Is it Bontetemps or just Bontemps? I think it's Bontemps, but I stuttered. Thanks for pointing that out. Well, it's what you do, so I just wanted to be consistent. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks co-owner Mark Lazary has reached an agreement to sell his portion of the Bucks to the Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy and D Haslam for three point five billion valuation. Sources mm. told ESPN. That's tasty. Uh, the Very deal, tasty. which sources said is still pending league approval, will be the second highest valuation ever for an NBA team, only being surpassed by the $4 billion purchase of the Phoenix Suns that was completed earlier this month. Now, I'm confused. What, Joshy, help me out with this. Lazary is the dominant owner, had the highest percentage, yes? Uh, yes, uh, and I don't want to be... Uh do the correction things. It's governors in the NBA, and I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but that is a thing that we are supposed to be saying. Uh, my understanding That's is... That's not what it says in the story by Tim Bont... Yes, I... That is my understanding. Now, I was actually on the verge of texting Eric name to get clarification on what that all means, and if someone assumed a larger percentage because of it, but... I do believe what you believe is correct. So the report so, was that Lazary has 25%, and I believe Eden's is 25 And then there's obviously a, a bunch of minority governor slash owners of it. So, but it's. Hello, governor. One, so it's not 3.5 for Lazary. It's 3.5 on the whole, and then that percentage, because I know Homer was having some issues with that. So I. It's a great ROI for Lazary. And I don't think anyone can sit here and say he has done a fantastic job. The team has been great. They've spent money. They got the built. They got Fiserv built. They won a world's championship. I don't have a problem in the world. Mark Lazary wants to sell and make a bunch of money. I don't have any issue. I am a capitalist. Now where I'm very, very concerned is whom is coming in. And whom is dropping the $1.25 billion or whatever that number is to become a part of our community and a part of the Milwaukee Bucks organization? Google it. Go ahead and look 
at the Flying J. Is it Flying J pilot deal? The pilot uh, Flying J truck stop. It is sickening. It's pretty bad. And that's Jimmy Boy's deal. That's where Jimmy Boy made all his money, Jimmy and D. That's where all that cash is coming from. So I would say have a pause and be very, very cautious as this thing is moving forward. Because look at what has happened with the Cleveland Browns. Has anyone? They just gave Deshaun Watson. Correct. Deshaun Watson go. sat out two years and it settled with Lord knows how many ladies, a bunch of cash, and is given the. It's going to probably unless he turns around as the greatest quarterback, it is a garbanzo contract because they were desperate. Hey, can anyone tell me that he's done a great job with the Cleveland Browns? The answer is no. They can't. So while I have, again, I don't have a problem in the world with Lazary Sell. I don't. And I know some Bucks fans I've seen on Twitter do. I, that, ain't, that ain't my camp. But let's not just rubber stamp. Let's make sure investigative journalist Jason Wildey and all the other reporters, let's make sure this isn't just a kumbaya, oh, this is wonderful, love, love, love. I want some old school Mike Wallace um, who's the uh, the Watergate folks? Uh, wait, who are the wait, Watergate whoa, whoa. Cats? wait, wait, wait! Before we say who the reporters were, can you revisit Woodward and Bernstein? Woodward and Bernstein. Who was who was Deep Throat? What did you call him? Cutthroat, cut. I think, or <laughs> Cut Deep. I don't know exactly. It was Cutthroat, is what I called. You him. get the point. Deep Throat. Uh, all I'm saying is let's make sure this is all, and I don't want it just to be, oh, like he wrote the biggest, fattest check. I get it. I, I ain't fighting that. How is it going to work? What's this going to look like? Because the state of Wisconsin and the city of Milwaukee have done a lot to get this thing rolling. I want to make sure we're in good hands. Okay? That's all. So I'm asking, I'm pleading with the Jason Wildes and with the investigative journalist community to just make sure what happened back in 1314 with this business. There's a lot of indictment, a lot of stuff that happened. Let's make sure we're very thorough because a lot of people are nervous about this whole deal. A lot of people. So here's, there's, there's two pieces to this, right? One piece is the questionable business dealings slash character from the pilot flying J scandal. The other side of it is a much more pragmatic one, right? Because look, he could be mother Teresa who has his portion of the billions of dollars to buy the team. But if Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam, were the greatest humanitarians in history, and there was no question about how they earned their fortune or anything like that, and you were just working off the job that they have done in their ownership slash stewardship of the That's Cleveland it's Browns. That's double concerning. You have a double would, concern. Right. Thank you, because to me, that you can have both those concerns, and you can have the concern about their governorship of the Cleveland Browns and all the I mean, th that organization, not that Randy Lerner had all the answers when he was the owner of that franchise, but they just continue to flub up everything. 
there. And it would worry me to the degree that he would have some say in an organization that seems to have done just about everything right since purchasing it from Herb Cole. And now, is he going to come in and mess everything up? To me, again, I agree with you. Uh, I'm not super comfortable in discussing because of various relationships. I don't know enough about Jimmy Haslam, the fellow, but I have read those stories that you're referring to, and there are reasons for concern about his business practices. But from a purely practical standpoint of you as a sports fan in Wisconsin, if you look at what's happened with the Browns, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about how the Columbus crew have managed their operation and if they've had bad I'm signings or whatever great. else. I have never watched but, them, but, but I'm guessing they're not great. But the indication that you would have from the way his stewardship and ownership of the Browns has been is that he could come in and really screw up a good thing. How would Brown fans say how, how would Brown fans say things have went? Swimmingly? Uh <laughs> Is Joe, is Joe Thomas going to come on right after we get well, done with uh, Eric Maybe? Yeah, so, again, you have to. everybody has to admit biases. I don't know what Joe would say about Haslam, but I can't imagine if it's strictly off of on-field production, I can't and imagine payment. it would be that glowing, but I'm not going to speak for Joe. Right. I'll let Joe speak for himself. Uh, All right. So, yes, uh, again, let's get someone that knows more about this. I think you you have somebody. Or our I know a guy. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So, by the we'll way, go to Eric Butts fourteen next. in a row. Giannis doesn't even play. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. They're humming along. I'm nervous. Uh, I, I'm uh, nervous. I, I don't know about y'all. I'm nervous about this whole deal. Very nervous. well. One of the things. One of the things that's good that when you're clear. nervous about different things is that you've got Amfam. To ensure carefully for you, which is a good thing. By the way, uh, I was flipping yesterday, Cindy and I watching basketball when we got back. Uh, we watched the Bucks and we watched the Badgers. We're going back and forth. Two good nice. basketball games going on simultaneously. Great finish for the Bucks, And then, obviously, some news this morning. Yeah, and I was Amphan. checking out Brewers info with Matzik being down in Phoenix with TMJ, all the Brewers fans. American Family Insurance, we want to give you and three guests the chance to win the ultimate game day experience at the April 3rd home opener. You can't get April 3rd home opener tickets. They're always the toughest ticket, but AmFam is giving you this opportunity to kick off the Brewers 2023 season. This all-inclusive prize package will include a travel stipend, field-level tickets, an ex-golf reservation. What a great day for that with this weather. In the again, the end of February, which never ends. Uh, a travel stipend, field level tickets. You get all of that again, and I can't promise, but I think a pretty good chance of a big old hug with Bernie. You get to meet Bernie Brewer as well. Enter today at amfam.com/brewers. No purchase necessary. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Uh, hey, Eric Josh, will join like us. A big old hug from Bernie. What a big old squeeze um, from the Burnster. Maybe even a smooch the on the Burnster. cheek. Oh, wow. Um, I'm not going to uh, promise that for sure. Before Eric Name joins us, quick correction uh, from Tausch telling you about opening day. That The date of opening day is actually March 35th. Uh, we will get to... <laughs> 
we will get to Eric name next. That's yeah, Wilde and Tausch. Nice. You're listening to Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Call Gina Della from Pella at 855-PELLA-WI or visit online at PellaWI.com slash radio. Is this does does Eric name have like official music? Is this Rob Rob Bass? This is Rob Bass. I did not play this. Well, I, I know it's Rob Bass. I did not play this in specific for Eric. Thinking about it, I know what kind of music he likes, so I probably could have given him his own intro theme. But this just so happened to be the song I picked that was next. I'm, ju- I'm just saying. No, you know, just, it's just in the roll call. You didn't pick it. Like it just fell in line. Yeah, correct. Yeah, okay. So you didn't pick anything, just for the record. I have music when I join Scalzo and Brust. Uh-huh. You play a specific song. When Justin Garcia joins us, we play Green and Growing, the old oh, school 70s song. Bucks tune. I just Eric is a big enough stud that he deserves his own walk-up music, so maybe this will be it. Joining us now from The Athletic to talk all things Bucks and help us make at least some sense of what's going on with the ownership group. It is our friend, the great sports writer of the year. Oh, soy, soy, spoy, spoy. Good morning. What's up, buddy? Uh, all right. Tausch is worried. Yeah, Eric, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous about this. I think, obviously, what happened with Edens and Lazary and that partnership, there was a lot of questions, but championship, stadium built, all the stuff around it, everybody is pretty excited. And then the news breaks this morning and all of this stuff that comes up. I think there's a lot of Bucks fans, including myself, that are very, very concerned about who is coming into this ownership group and what that is going to mean as far as what this looks like moving forward? Should I be? Um, I, I mean, I think I understand any sort of trepidation um, around kind of Jimmy Haslam and what he has been as an owner. Um, obviously, uh, the Browns have not seen a lot of success since he took over in 2012. Um, and, you know, when you look at him in 2012, I, I think they've had one playoff win since then, uh, and that happened in 2020, uh, there isn't a lot of success. And obviously there's the Deshaun Watson contract. Um, there has been some of the, the scandals that go along with the plot, the pilot flying J truck company. Um, I understand all of that. Um, but this is not a situation where he's taking full control of the team. Uh, this situation where he's taking over Mark Lazary's stake in the team and and that means Wes Eans will still be there. That means, you know, the, the rest of the crew that was already in here uh, with the Bucks is still going to be around. Uh, and Haslam comes in, and I, I get all of that, but also the Bucks are a really good team. And, and Jimmy Haslam has very deep pockets. And when you look at what 
this team is going to be going forward, one of the the things that is very obvious is if this team wants to remain one of the very best in the league, they're going to need to pay an extremely large luxury tax bill every year. Uh, they they are at they're in the top five in the league right now in luxury tax, and it's only going up because the repeater tax kicks in next year, which is like a set of more punitive rules about the cap. And that luxury tax bill is only getting bigger. Uh, and you have a guy in Chris Middleton who has a player option for next year if he wants to take it at $40 million, or he could become a free agent and look for a new, longer, bigger contract. You have Brooke Lopez, who's a free agent as well, uh, and he can do the same thing. So I, I think I, I understand the concerns about Jimmy Haslam as a person um, and kind of his ownership history with the Browns, but I do think the other thing people have to keep in mind is that um, he is he is richer than the Mark Lazary, and he he will be able to handle paying a larger luxury tax bill. And you know, if the team wants to be good for the next three years, um, it's not this simple. But a lot of it is: uh, are they going to be willing to cut checks? And and that is going to be something that. I don't think Jimmy Haslam has ever really had a problem doing. You look at the Deshaun Watson contract and how big it is uh, and how much money is spent. Um, putting money into the franchise has really never been a problem for Jimmy Haslam as an owner. So, Eric, you've been on top of this story now for over a month, right? I mean, you, you, you and The Athletic reported this a while ago, so this does not come now today as a surprise per se, but I'm confused, and, and this is obviously the, the team that you cover extremely closely. What exactly is kind of the ownership, just for people that aren't informed, including me, what exactly is the ownership structure and how does it work? Who's, what are the percentages? Because here's the problem. If I remember, and please, please correct me if I'm wrong, like when this ownership group first took ownership or governorship, sorry, Josh, um, I feel like there was like talk about who there was like a rotation of who was going to have like final says and stuff like that, and so I'm confused on how this will just operate from a functionality standpoint. Can you help me with that? Sure. Um, when when they bought the team in 2014, they did so for 550 million. Um, that so you're looking just from a price point, right? The valuation there, and then a 3.5 billion dollar valuation now um in that 550 100 million was donated by herb cole uh to help make sure that a new arena got bought and ensure the team stays in milwaukee so uh but you look at this ownership group eans and lazary are the two main guys there are other people involved um there's jamie dinan who's another owner uh there's mike pastelli who's another owner as well and then uh, a, a bunch of minority owners uh as well so you have all those owners, but the two main ones are Edens and Lazary. And how it works is uh, every NBA team needs someone to sit on the seat for the Board of Governors meeting every single year, and then all the meetings throughout the year. That means you're going to be on, like, the competition committee, and you'll be on different, uh, like, leadership boards and things like that. You do that uh, as, as the governor of the team. And only one person can do that. And as a condition of the original sale, uh, because they were doing it together and they're buying the team together, uh, they ended up agreeing to 
one person gets it for five years and then the other person gets it for five years and then the other person gets it for five years and the other person gets it for five years. That would go on until the end of time if their partnership stayed together until the end of time. Um, it is not staying together. Uh, obviously, Lazary has sold his. But you're looking at uh, Wes Edens was the first person to, see, to sit on the, on the seat. He did so from 2014 to 2019, uh, and then Mark Lazary took over in 19. Uh, so he was about three and a half years through his five-year time as, as the the person sitting on the seat for the Board of Governors. And initially, this was, um, I I would say, somewhat of a, like a formality. Like it, initially, the partnership was was very good. They they agreed on everything. They they really had everything together. They're working, you know, right, right together there with each other. Uh, and then in 2017, Wes decided to go out and hire John Forrest as the general manager, something that's worked out very well. Uh, but at the time, he, he went in a, a different direction than the ownership group was initially thinking. Uh, and since then, it has pretty much been if you're on the seat, you are in charge, that you are, you are making the calls uh, and you get to, you know, kind of have final say on things and how the – how everything kind of works with the franchise. So uh, it is it is an interesting kind of situation. Um, and again, like I said, uh, Jimmy Haslam is just buying Mark Lazary's shares. So um, all these things will, will come out and become clear, and, and maybe they won't, right? Like the, the full details of ownership have never really come out. There, there's been some reporting that Mark Lazary has a 25% share of the team now, um, and that's not something I can confirm. That, that's just something that, that's been reported. Um, so maybe these details won't ever come out, but this, the situation will likely remain the same where you have someone buying a stake um, from Jimmy Has or from Mark Lazar, excuse me, and it'll still be that kind of split ownership group. This isn't a, a situation where, you know, one person is now the majority. It, it is still that, that kind of agreement should remain in place uh, unless someone throws in more money or something comes out here in the next little while. I think you'll see that continue going forward. All right, Eric, I know you got a flight to catch two, two things. One quickly on this, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for Bucks fans, I, I kind of want to, I feel like you're saying that yes, you have reason to be concerned about the business practices or character of someone who's being brought in. But at the same time, uh, from a business and the business of basketball standpoint, the the infusion of money is needed to keep the team that you are cheering for and the people that are on that roster together. It's all, I don't want to call it a necessary evil. That's not the phrase I'm looking for. But it, it does sound like the cost of doing business to some degree. Is that is that an accurate depiction or no? Yeah, I mean, in the modern NBA, if, if you're going to be a team that competes, uh, you're probably going to have to pay a luxury tax bill at some point. And if you want to compete year over year and continue to be at, at the top of the league as the Bucks have been, uh, that number is only going to increase and that number is only going to grow. Uh, and I, I would say that having someone that can more easily cut those checks, that, that can more easily afford to pay that bill, uh, is something that can be a positive. And again, I'm not saying it will be a positive, um, but it could be. And, and it is something that if the Bucks want to continue to compete at this high of a level, they're probably going to have to do for the next couple of years. 
So, Eric, why do you think Lazary picked now? Is it because his term on that board is up? Is it just he wanted to get a good ROI on his initial investment and move on? Why now for him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's probably um, a number of things that go into this. That, but I don't – from everything I've been able to report and all the people that I've been able to talk to, uh, Mark Lazary didn't really – start this season thinking he was going to to sell his stake in the team. That wasn't something that he, he really thought he was going to do. But then Matt Ishbia came around. He ended up paying $4 billion for the Phoenix Suns, but he came around to Milwaukee. And he started talking to, to Lazary about, you know, what that team might, might be worth and, you know, would he be interested in selling it. And I think that sort of started the idea in Mark Lazary's head. And then uh, eventually, obviously, they found – a guy in Jimmy Haslam that wanted to to buy the team and and pay three point five billion. Or obviously he's not paying for three three point five billion, but give it a three point five billion dollar uh, valuation right. for Mark Lazar's stake. Um, and that uh, to me it seems like a good price. And then I, I do think you're looking at that looming luxury tax bill that only gets larger. Uh, and and that's a that is something where you have to cut a check every year. Uh, you you have to sign over that amount of money, and I just think as it was growing larger and larger, uh, I think that became less attractive to to Mark Lazary to to keep throwing more money into it. Um, and, and some owners are going to be willing to do it, and some some aren't. And I do think there is probably just the idea that okay, you know, maybe you can find one more championship here, and then get out and and we'll we'll see how how quickly this ends up getting done because uh this is this is just the beginning of, of the process of a sale these these things tend to take a little bit of time all right eric we'd be remiss to have you on the show and not talk actual basketball uh sid and i watched yesterday's game no Giannis for the bucks no kevin durant for the suns Really fun to watch Drew Holiday play the way he did yesterday. What have you learned about this team during this winning streak that you didn't think about it before or that has changed your opinion of what this team is capable of? Or has it just been a confirmation of what you thought this team was going to be? I think this it's a bit of a confirmation. This team was a, a team that everyone kind of expected to be among the favorites in the NBA uh, this season. And they've been able to, to show that. I think the, the most interesting thing is really just the, the role that Drew Holiday has taken while Chris Middleton has missed some time and, and Giannis has missed some time. He's really stepped up and, and put together an offensive season that we just haven't seen from him since he's been with the Bucks. And I, I guess going forward, kind of what it means is, you know, in the past it was, you know, Giannis was the number one option on offense, and Middleton was number two, and Holiday was number three. Uh, and when Drew Holiday really works on defense, sometimes his offense isn't quite as good. And, and what we saw yesterday is he, he carried both the load on offense and on defense. Right. He gets that late steal uh, on Devin Booker. And, and I think, it, it, again, I don't want to say the, it's a changing of the guard or anything because they still ran a play for Chris Middleton late in the game, and he's still the one that made the game winning assist to Brooke Lopez. Like, he made the play. Uh, so Chris is still very much going to be involved. But I do think the thing that we've learned throughout this winning streak and, and throughout the season is that, you know, maybe Drew Holiday was, is capable of even more than, than what we initially thought. And, and that 
that is, that's really scary for the rest of the league because this Bucks team is probably deeper than any other Bucks team in the last five seasons as they've been one of the best teams in the league. And then if all of a sudden your your third best player can maybe flirt with the conversation of being the second best player and, and you have three legitimate all-stars, you're just really scary for the rest of the league. Eric, what do you think? You said Middleton's got his uh, option at the end of the year. What, what do you think happens with Middleton? I think it's changed throughout the season. I think early in the year um, when there was a lot of confidence that Middleton was going to be able to come back pretty quickly, uh, to me it seemed like another situation where Chris was going to put together a great season and then the Bucks were going to have to figure out if, how much money they wanted to pay him at the end of the year because I think he was going to opt out and he was going to make a, a four- or five-year deal worth a whole bunch of money. Uh, and now that the injuries have lingered as much as they have, Middleton is still not playing a full minutes load. Uh, since it's stretched out as long as it is, I, I think the possibility of him opting in is, is grown. And, and maybe next year is the year where Chris Middleton tries to, to build his resume for another team for an even larger contract, maybe his potentially his last really big contract in the NBA. Uh, so I, I don't think Chris Middleton is going anywhere, and, and I think the ownership change probably helps that as well. Um, but I, I – I would say I think I'm a little bit less certain that he's going to opt out and look for a new contract for sure. He he may end up deciding to opt in on that $40 million contract, which I guess is a pretty nice option to have. Eric, you can opt in with us anytime. We appreciate you. We can't Good give you $40 million. Four, $4 maybe. Uh, safe travels, buddy. <laughs> we really appreciate you. Thanks. No problem. See you guys. That is the great Eric Name, the Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, reigning Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year. Sody. Sody for old boy. You're missing it. And the calendar says that it is February 27th, and he will be reigning until March 36th. All right, that's it for our Bucks talk for today. So for those of you... I know I get these every time they win. I was actually able to respond to someone on Twitter yesterday and say, yeah, I know what they did. I watched. Uh, that is our Bucks portion of the program. We're going to get to the Packers and this off-delayed Rob Domovsky story about what the Packers have and what they need as the combine kicks off today. If that's what you're accustomed to from Wilde and Tausch, that's what you'll get next. You're listening to Wildey and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and sponsored by American Family Insurance. Thanks again, Eric Name of The Athletic, the reigning Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year. Sody. If you missed him, if you missed the Swody, and catch him on Wisconsin On Demand, presented by Guru Lofts, is one call, that's all. Is sports writer two words or one? It's one word, right? It's a good question. Depends on your position. Yeah, I, I write it as one. I write it as one. Hyphenated or straight up? No, straight up. Just a yeah. sports Well, then it's Sody. It's not Swody. Yeah, well, I, I, there's others that go two words. Mm. I'm trying to cover both bases. MLA Regardless format. of how you spell it, 
You can check them out on Wisconsin On Demand, presented by Google Offices. One call, that's all. Thanks to David and his team for supporting the show and for supporting Wisconsin On Demand. Google Offices, one call, that's all. All right, Tausch. Our concerns about Jimmy Haslam notwithstanding. You have any concerns Did about the... Did you kind of get the vibe that Eric Name was basically saying, hey, he might not be the greatest guy, but he's going to spend a lot of money in Bucks fans. That's really what... Is that, what we, uh, is that all we really care about, though? Because... You're seeing it with the Brewers. It's the other way. Everybody likes Mark Antanasio, right? He he's, seems like a stand. Well, they don't dude like that he's cheap. They seem to that's dislike that point. he's cheap. Yeah. So, I guess which would you rather have? And I think isn't it always going to lean towards how are you going to help my team win a championship? Let me celebrate and reap the victor, the spoilage of victory. Isn't that what this really comes down to? So maybe. The fact that if, if Jimmy Haslam kind of steers clear and lets uh, you know the, the the team in place that has won a championship kind of just do their thing and not bring that Cleveland Browns attitude that doesn't win anything. And uh, is it an attitude or is it an ineptitude? Whatever. Good one. Uh, Thanks. Is that I mean that as a fan base is what we really care about, right? We want everyone to be good people and community oriented, but you you don't want to be well. They're not spending any money, and the team stinks. Like, you'd rather it be the other way, right? Is that Josh? I know you feel that way. Yay, son. All right. So here's the here's the question, because I was having I, like, no, in a poll no. form. This would be a great poll. It would be. It's a great idea. But here's the overarching question. Does how you feel about the ownership group matter at all as long as they are spending money to make your team better? Because we have seen this with LIV Golf. We have seen this with our friend Brian Bulaga's favorite soccer team in Europe, Manchester City, which is owned by Saudi princes. And I'm not comparing... Pilot Flying J Enterprises with the Saudis. But it's the same question at a different level, and that is, do you care about how the ownership group got its money, the kind of behavior that it engages in, all that stuff? Because the biggest problem is, and you've talked about this when it comes to players, right? You care about the team. You don't care about the individual player when it comes right down to it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You can like Aaron Rodgers all you want, but if he's not winning or he's no longer on your team, you care about the Packers. G-G. And this is yep. this is not a question that we have to ask about the Packers because we are talking to many of their owners who are listening to the program. Right? There's no deep-pocketed owner who may have some questionable business dealings or questionable character qualities that we have to concern ourselves with when we talk about them. But there are plenty of those throughout sports. We saw it with the Los Angeles Clippers. Heck, we just talked to Eric Name about the sale of the Suns. Part of that was predicated on what a scumbag on the in the office the ownership group was there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, should that matter? If you're a allegedly. fan who's plunking sure down money allegedly. to watch we a game, saw, we saw what happened with McAfee. And it just, yeah, I don't want to end up like. That's why I didn't. That's why I said ownership group. I didn't want to say anybody's name just to keep uh, out of the legal sure pages. You throw ale- allegedly, I guess, is a really important uh-huh. word. It's a really good word. Yeah, a very helpful word. So, so, as someone who's not a fan, 
this is not as problematic for me. But if you you want your team to win, do you have to care about this stuff or not? Do you care about it or not? I think Let me take some calls winning. on this. I think it's about winning. Josh, he's dying to answer phone calls. Hoping maybe the Teddy calls from Watertown. That hey. 800-990-3776. 800-990-3776. For those of you that were eager to talk about Rob Domofsky's article and the idea of what the Packers have and what they need, hmm, it's on hold. The scouting combine is kicking off today in, in, in Indianapolis. Goody is scheduled to talk tomorrow. Matt LaFleur not making the trip. In Ooh. fact, the entire coaching staff not making the trip. Ooh. we got to get to that as well. But should it matter when it comes to your favorite team's ownership if there is some shady business behavior, some shady character, or does it just win, baby, as the old saying goes? Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly just win. Or the track record is that it is not winning. I mean, that's another piece to this, too. Right. 800-990-3776. That is the ESPN Wisconsin Talk and Text Line for today. We'll get to some of your thoughts next. It's Wilde and Tausch. This is Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Sponsored by American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com. Close to tragedy, close to folks who have. Have you ever felt the pain so powerful, so heavy you collapse? No. Well, I never had to knock on wood, but I know someone who has. Do the business practices, character, how they made their money. Do those things matter to you as a fan when it comes to ownership of your favorite team, or is it keep our best players together and win, baby? That's what we're asking in the aftermath of news today, as has been expected, that the Bucks ownership group, there's going to be a shift to Jimmy and D. Haslam. 800-990-3776, Let's start with Jeff in Germantown. Jeff, good morning. Welcome to Wildey Town Show. Love the show. First-time caller. Love you guys. All the good stuff. Thank you. What do you got? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter who owns a team. It, it always matters for the fan who doesn't have to spend their money, you know, to to keep it going, but... I also question in losing Lazary, you know, did did we lose something that maybe people didn't like him? Right. And there's some questions about some of the business practices and the involvement that he has had with uh companies. I I guess my question is, Jeff, and and again, I use Manchester City as an example and I am not I want to be very clear, I'm not comparing anybody with the Bucks ownership with the Saudis. Okay, I'm not doing that. But I have okay. friends who are Manchester City fans who have I've talked to this about. I went to see them play against Bayern Munich at Lambeau Field this past summer, and there are fans who are uncomfortable with their favorite team having been sold to that group. 
And so I'm just wondering how you, as a fan, you want to cheer for the team. You want to cheer for Giannis. You're not cheering for Jimmy Haslam or Mark Lazary or Wes Edens or whoever else. You're you're cheering for Drew Holiday. So I just think it's Agreed. a really interesting situation for fans because that's what they really care about. That's who's you're not. No one's wearing a Jimmy Haslam jersey to the game next week. They're wearing a Giannis jersey. And so I just wonder how that enters your thought process as a fan. Uh, as a fan, as long as they continue winning, nobody's going to know a difference. Right. I won't. I, yeah. And I, I think Jeff is – thanks for the call, Jeff. We appreciate you and we appreciate your loyalty to the show. And Tausch, to me, as we were talking about earlier about Jimmy Haslam, that's a that's a – that's a tough deal for me. Like, again, I'm not a fan. I'm not really worried about it because I'm not going, sitting in the stands at Pfizer Forum, cheering. But when you think about the kind of moral portion of this program, it's hard for some people to reconcile those two things. I know it is. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's that hard to reconcile. Uh, Would it be? Is it for you? You're... Your folks went to the game with this man, you, or whatever this scenario is. They're still rooting for the team. They're still buying the merch. They're buying tickets. So it doesn't feel like it's that really tough to rectify it. It's, it doesn't to me. Because you're not doing anything uh, about it. You're not saying I'm not stopping being a fan. Yeah, it's, it's you at the hotel. It's you guys sitting there, and it's, oh, this is ridiculous. This is with bad. With Sasquatch uh, upstairs, yes. Here. I'm still going to do this, and I'm still – that's the difference, and I think for for most fans, this is an escape. I want to go see my team win, and if, we, if we're not winning and your ownership group isn't spending money, it, yet their franchise value is climbing, 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 that's when you get more vitriol than if you have some rebates on gas that goes haywire and get indicted on. People will turn their cheek on that more than they'll say, just wait a second, you're not going to spend $30 million on Middleton because you're going to go on the luxury tax, and Middleton will help us win a championship? What the hell are you guys doing? That's where more of the sports fans' mindset goes than, oh, shucks, allegedly, there's some rebates on some diesel fuel and some white wall tires that you get a discount on and you're scamming. That's where it's kind of like, well, I don't know what he's all doing there. I just care about the Milwaukee Bucks. That's what it comes down to. We'll get to some of your texts and your calls on this in the 11 o'clock hour, 800-990-3776. want to remind you that regardless of what we're talking about, we're always talking on this show about our friends at Fleet Farm. I was there yesterday. I got to go there today. I got a reward I got to use up before it expires. I just signed up for the Fleet Rewards credit card, so I get four points for every dollar I spend. I'm excited about that. And if you're looking for an exciting, fresh start in a new job, Fleet Farm is hiring right now during their spring hiring event. You can grow with their team and apply at careers.fleetfarm.com. Also, Fleet Farm's Balloon Pop event is going on this Saturday, March 4th. Don't miss your chance to save up to 100% on your purchase, which would mean that it's free. Check out fleetfarm.com for more details. The 11 o'clock hour of Wilde and Tausch kicks off in two minutes. Stick around.